It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. Bassist Daniel Gleason of Group Love has resided in Atlanta since 2006, but the evolution of the band into a predominantly Atlanta-based outfit is new. Since 2011, Group Love has turned out a flow of colorful alt-pop. Their biggest hit, Tongue Tied, from their debut album was certified triple platinum, and their chart presence continued through the years, including alt-rocker Deleter, which was released the week the coronavirus was officially deemed a pandemic. Now they recorded a new album released in March at their studio in Little Five Points, where Melissa Ruggieri recently spoke with them, and she's here to bring us that conversation. Welcome, Melissa. Hey, Shane. So uh, this is pretty cool. It, it, it's something when I found out that they had you know, relocated here, or well, part of them had been here, I had no idea. Um, so I think this is uh, really interesting. You know, it's re- it's one of those stories that evolved from an interesting place. So last fall, I did a feature on Tammy Hurt, who is an Atlanta businesswoman, very active in the Georgia music community. She's um, a, a chairperson on the Recording Academy's board. She's done, you know, a million various musical things, worked with a ton of people. And as I was talking to her about this new project she was doing, a musical project called Sonic Rebel, she was telling me about recording it at the studio in Little Five Points, Big Trouble, and that she worked with Daniel Gleason of Group Love and just happened to mention like, you know, oh yeah, you know, he's lived here for years. And I said, really? I I actually had no idea. And TJ Elias, um, he and Dan owned this studio in Little Five Points that they bought a few years ago. So when I was doing the story about her, I always like to get, you know, somebody else to comment about whatever the project is or whatever, have more than one source in the story. And I thought, you know, Dan seems like a, a, a cool person that would be good to add to some context and talk about recording Tammy's project with her. So I got Dan's info from Tammy and had this great, like, 
usually those kinds of conversations, you only need 10 minutes with somebody just, Hey, tell me about working with Tammy on this project or whatever. But we wound up talking for about an hour and he was just such a, a fun, lively, soulful guy. And, you know, just, we talked about all sorts of things about, you know, life during the pandemic and just the fact that he has lived here since 2006 and it kind of flew under the radar. And he mentioned at that time that, yeah, actually most of the band is going to be moving here, you know, in the next couple of months. And he said, you know, Hannah Hooper, the singer and her husband, Christian Zucconi and their daughter, they have a five-year-old daughter, Willa. Um, she's, you know, he said, they've actually, you know, kind of come here already now they're renting a house. And then, you know, the drummer Ben Hamala is going to be coming and, he wasn't sure about Andrew Wesson, their other guitarist. Turns out he's actually going to be bi-coastal because he's a big surfer guy. So right. he's he's not coming full-time to the East Coast. But when Dan told me this back in October, and he he mentioned that there was going to be a project, sort of a secret album. Like, it was a secret that I could mention in the right. story. But they were still working on it at that point. This was in October. And I thought at that point, you know, and I said to him, hey, look, when this album comes out, when the band actually is here, keep in touch. Let me know. I would love to come out to the studio. Hopefully by that point, I can come out to the studio <laughs> because in October, who knew, you know, who was able to go anywhere right. at that point. Um, and, and he did indeed, you know, earlier this year, got in touch, said, Hey, this is the deal with the album. This is when it's coming out. Would love to have you come by. And, and uh, Tyson, our videographer and I went out uh, a few weeks ago, about a month ago, probably. And you know, little five points, little five point studio, your typical, where is this? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was even, even in our directions, Dan basically said, just give me a call when you get here, because <laughs> the address that I'm going to give you is not going to show up in a GPS, but you know, it's one of those little graffiti lined alleys in the back of little five points. Yeah. And, and it was just a, it's just a cool space. It's a very comfortable space and hanging out with them for a couple of hours. It was, it was Hannah and Dan, whom we spoke to Christian was there when we got there, but he actually had to run to go pick up their daughter. So he wasn't able to stay for the interview, but you know, it, there's just a, uh, there's so much just friendship and camaraderie and respect between Dan and Hannah that I think really came through and them, you know, just sitting together for 45 minutes to talk with us. Dan made sure to point out that Hannah has done a lot of artwork in the studio, pointing out, you know, stuff she's drawn on the walls. <laughs> And, right. and, and things like that. And she's just a very fun, creative type of person who told us, you know, just about how way back in the beginning, she wasn't, she wasn't the musician Christian was. And, and, you know, she had a crush on Christian and, you know, he was playing in a band. And then when she eventually got on stage for the first time, she would like stand in the back of the stage with, you know, her, with the mask on, she actually said, ironically, yeah. <laughs> she was so shy and so afraid. And I don't know if anybody has ever seen group love in concert, Hannah is the opposite of shy and afraid on stage right now. They're, they're a very, very, very lively band. They played Shaky Knees a couple of years ago, which was the first time I saw them. And I was, I told them the story that I remember being down in the pit because I was taking pictures as well. And I was really overblown. I mean, it was just blew me away. Just the, the energy from the crowd that just loved them so much. And, you know, I mean, you know, what it's like, you see a, a band that's not the biggest band in the world. They've, they've been successful and they have some core fans, but this was, you know, thousands and thousands of people who knew every word to every song and loved Hannah so much. I mean, there were girls who, you know, had their blue hair because she had blue hair at the time, you know, were dressed like her. It was almost like going back to the Cindy Lauper days of this, this, you know, just sort of this imitation of your idol on stage. And, right. and it was, it was just a, a great set. And I really, I knew them from tongue tied, obviously at that point, but just, you know, hearing more of their music, even then a couple of years ago at Shaky Knees, 
you you kind of go, you know, these guys are really good. <laughs> and they've got some really great, fun, alt-pop type songs. Yeah, and I'm sure that uh, that playing live is something that they've missed recently. <laughs> they, they really have. And this album, so the album This Is This came out in mid-March, and it really was a surprise drop to fans. It was originally supposed to be called This Is The End. And the uh, and Dan mentioned that to me when we talked back in October, actually. He said it's probably going to be called This Is The End. But then he emailed me about a month or so later and said, hey, if you could maybe not mention that album title because we're not 100% sure if we're going to go right. with that or not. I said, yeah, you know, it's cool, especially since it's supposed to be a surprise. Um, but they they wound up changing it to This Is This because in, in the studio, there's this archway, like right when you walk in. And Hannah had started writing the phrase this is the end over the archway one night after she had had a few drinks and they were just hanging out in the studio goofing around and she was so tired and drunk i suppose <laughs> that she got she got to this is and and the and she started to write the the for the end and she just got to like th and just said you know what this is this and, and left it like that and yeah. it's actually a great album title because you know it, it is it's just sort of like yeah this is what this is and what this was was the band getting back together in october after seven months apart because you know the west coast people had been on the west coast during the pandemic and and dan had been here and everybody was able to reconvene in the studio and they really did knock this out pretty much live to tape, they said, and they wanted to retain that type of energy that they would have from a live show because they've they've since done some online things and they're actually working on a regular basis with this company called Moment House. Uh, it's one of the live stream platforms that right. they're, they're doing a monthly concert. And it, that's actually a, a cool concept in itself that you pay a monthly fee and you, you, know, you have access to these live streams that various bands are going to be doing. And, you know, they said they, they even when touring resumes that they probably want to do that still on a monthly basis because, you know, they've got downtime sitting on the tour bus after a show. And like Candace said, you come off the stage and you're, you know, jacked up and wired and then, you know, you get on the bus and you're supposed to go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that, doesn't, that doesn't often happen. So they're, they're figuring maybe they could make that time productive and, you know, do some acoustic songs from the tour bus or, you know, just things that fans are, are going to like, because they really do have a very, very dedicated fan base. Yeah. I love, well, I love the idea of, you know, them keeping in touch with their fans. That's, something that a lot of people do via social media or whatever, but I think this is a really cool way uh, for fans to keep up with them and, and to have something to look forward to every month as well, I guess. Exactly, because even if they do go on tour, we know what touring is probably going to look like, at least for the rest of this year, early next year, they're not going to be able to go to every city they want to go to. And right. there will still be various you know, capacity limits depending on, on the state and the city. So they're, they have fans all around the country and the world that aren't going to be able to see them anyway, even if they are playing live. So this is a great opportunity to be able to you know dial in and, and see what they're doing anyway. Well, cool. Well, this, it sounds fascinating. I, I really, uh, I, I love the fact that, that, you got to spend time in the studio and that we get to go behind the scenes and see what it's like being in the studio with the band. I think that's really cool. It was fun. And if I can mention one more thing, because they really wanted us to know how much they love so many of the Atlanta musicians, <laughs> some of our some of our greatest like Outkast and, and Goody Mob and CeeLo and they're big fans of Earth Gang. And Hannah was very funny. She said she, she just has this vision, this this hope, this dream in her mind that group love could tour with earth gang 
and then they could combine their merchandise and just have the word earth love right <laughs> on everything <laughs> and, and and they would do anything to be able to work with big boy or CeeLo. i mean they're 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 just so uh respectful of some of the you know the timeless music that has come out of the atlanta music scene over the years and and dan especially i think having been here since 2006 has seen so much of it evolve too and it was just cool to see people who you know aren't necessarily from here and musicians still you know want to be involved in that scene and like you know it's not like they consider themselves an atlanta band now but they definitely want to integrate themselves more into the atlanta music community as much as they can and you know and tyson and i were sort of joking like okay well hey tell us that you want to work with them and we'll put it out there and maybe who knows maybe big boy <laughs> will hear this and okay. and say yeah group love you're cool let's do something so so yeah they're just you know really really nice people really cool people and it's just great to have them in town and I just thought it was one of those stories where you kind of go, huh, who knew? <laughs> well, that's great. So everybody can go and read your story. You actually wrote a story that 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 has already run, and that's on the Atlanta Music Scene blog. So you can see that there at AJC.com. Uh, but now let's uh, let's hear from the band themselves. And thanks, Melissa. Hey, and also video. We also, Tyson that's has a, right. great, a great video that, that's with the story. And you can also check that out on YouTube as well. But yes, we'll turn it over to the band. Thank you. All right. Thanks. So, so you're. When will you fully be an Atlantan? So we we're fully like we voted here. We we live here. We're renting right now. We um, we're about to go back to LA and get the rest of our stuff in storage. And then I'd say we are officially completely moved. And are you guys coming here specifically for band purposes? For specific specifically for. I mean, the band was definitely like a huge pull. Dan, the studio, like friends out here, but. Mm. Really, it's a quality of life thing. We've always been drawn to Atlanta and just there was just more and more reasons to move here. And then the pandemic sort of opened up the floodgates. Did you spend, I know obviously you were here to record the album last year, but did you spend a lot of time here last year or did you guys stay in California when lockdown started? We were in California. Till, yeah. till the album. We hadn't seen each other since... For six months. The day that our last lockdown, record right. was released was the, was the day of the lockdown. So until we... Until we met here to make the record, we hadn't seen each other. The album, the only thing we really discussed prior to it was like, let's just capture whatever happens. That energy that happens the first time we see each other. Yeah. Like, let's, let's make that. And that when, needs to make the record. And when was that? October... Like the first week of October, I think. Yeah, let's Something just say like that. that's right. Yeah, it's a little hazy. Yeah, at point, but yeah, <laughs> it was definitely actually, October. The majority of that time, um, we were fundraising and stuff, making money to make this album because mm -hmm. we self-funded it. So we put out a lot of like handmade merch and handmade the, onesies, like jumpsuits with jumpsuits. Uh, yeah, the healer, lady healer, and so a lot of it would that. go to like to a charity that we were believing, like a beautiful charity we're working mm -hmm. with and then we'd also be putting the other money towards making this album mm -hmm. so it was really like a fan based album mm -hmm. from the get i don't think we fully knew it was gonna be a record yeah we didn't really too. know what was happening we just wanted to be able to go record music and some of these songs weren't brand new and so the label had heard some of the demos uh prior to recording mm -hmm. this and 
they were actually not into it. They were like, Hannah. Because I can't imagine what song on that album they wouldn't be into. Like a lot of them. A lot of them. Uh, they were like, they were like, Hannah. They thought it was too aggressive. They, it, they were like, you're, you're not, like, I think that they thought like my voice being that aggressive was a turn off. I mean, there's a couple songs that are a little heavier, you know, you're yeah. vocally. But actually, like, I think that an important part of being an artist is to continue to grow and to, you know, experiment and to get to know like where that sound for me, I was like, where's this sound coming from? I want to get to know this part of myself and the band was, we were all growing so much together. And so mm-hmm. to hear any kind of, you know, negative connotation towards those songs. Towards we were, growth. Yeah. It, but it was, as like a rebellious, like teenager, we were like, Oh, okay. So we're definitely going to do this. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. We're like, you say no, we'd say yes. the fact that people respond to it is just the, the gift of it all, but really we're doing it to grow and make art and, I like the moment you're writing to create a hit, you're no longer really to me. I, I wouldn't feel like an artist. There's no like formula in the way we write. So when it works, we're like, whoa, that's awesome because we were in it. And so it worked. And when it doesn't work, we're like, oh, well, we grew from that. The theme of the album, the title of the album kind of is a through line like this is this letting the mistakes shine, letting the process be organic and letting ourselves shine through, you know, and sometimes mistakes and blemishes are, are beautiful and they give you character and it makes it what it is. So almost the entire record is done live. Um, there's not a lot of overthinking it. You know, there was, I mean, you there's guys, like, there's like, it's funny because just to intervene during this, the making of it, we actually were also making a documentary. Mm-hmm. So there was so much going on, just so much excitement. Our friend, Isaac Dietz, who's going to, we're going to put this out eventually. It, the first only scene we've seen from the documentary is probably the one conflict we had with seagulls and yeah. Dan. We're all just like, we crushed that. This is so good. And Dan's just in the corner like, we could do better. <laughs> we could do better. And we're all like, boo. I, I hate I hate being that guy, but it was a moment of like, I just think there's a better one in us. We were just know? so excited to be yeah. together. So everything felt like celebratory and everything yeah. felt... I mean, you can feel it when you listen to music. It feels yeah. like we're just like we celebrating. We seen each other in six months. You know, yeah. there was that energy was uh, super visceral. There's a thing that happens when this band gets together that um, we feed off of each other. And particularly Hannah, her <laughs> energy is is just so uh, giving and joyous and um, powerful <laughs> that we all kind of tend to feed off that. Christian gets super goofy. You Which know, you wouldn't you, believe. You like wouldn't believe it when, when you meet him. He's so zen, but there's... Dan turns into party boy. Yeah, yeah a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we love our fans. Like, honestly, yeah. our, our fans have become, like, family. Like, I know there's so many of our fans that make art and write songs and are painters and are building things and share. Like, they've, they've had children now and they've gotten married and we've been part of all of that. Our songs are part of their journey. Like, Mm-hmm. So I feel really like we feel really connected to them. We actually run this, like we have, we give out our phone number to our fans. It's like a special number and we get yeah. to write with them every day. And it's such a, especially during this time, it's been such a beautiful way of being in touch. And uh, yeah, yes, I love it. I love it's it. cathartic for everybody involved. I, think. I know. Yeah. For us, it, like sometimes I think we don't realize how much we need that interaction and that, the same thing that we the fans tell us that we give them, they give it back to us without 100%. them even really being aware of it. Yeah. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you about a couple of the songs on the album. So, so this is the end. You, you know, you, you've got the children's chorus. Like, yeah. The kids at the end. Where, where did that all come from? That's actually Christian and my daughter singing. Mm-hmm. Really? 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. She's five now. It's she's just her. She's yeah. just her, just stacked. She's perfect pitch. And we actually listened to that um, part of the song like 7,000 times. Because she's like, no, I don't want to hear the song. I just want to hear my part. And we're like, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. She knows she sounds good. Yeah, she does. Right, right, right. I have drawn my whole life. I used to use drawing as a way to like fit in. Like I'd come and sit with the cool kids, but with my sketchbook and just be like, mm-hmm. stare at them. And um yeah, it's actually the way I think I started singing. Because when I met Christian, I was just making artwork for his band. And we sort of, we fell in love. I'm not going to tell the whole story. Look into it, Greece, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But um, I started like humming. And Christian was just like, what was that? And he's like, that was a harmony. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that's doing. And he's like, sing, sing a little louder. And we actually recently found some videos of me singing with Christian where I'm as far back on a stage as you could possibly be in the darkness, I wouldn't let them light me and Christian's in the front and you can't even hear me. It's just, I was so embarrassed. Shy, I would just black out. I would, yeah, I was totally shy. I wore a mask when the band first started. And that seeing you on stage now, is, I, I think that would be hard for people to believe. No, it was definitely a journey. I, it's kind of like, <laughs> it was a journey. Doing something every day, you just get better at it. So every day I'd kind of let go a little bit, you know, just be like. This album was kind of the same part of that same journey. It feels like like getting closer to the source and who you really are. Yeah, you know, and that's something that we're gonna go up for into the next one with, and just being like, okay, now who are we, who are we, and yeah. how do we get that out there and express that? You know, we're always writing. Now that we're most of us are in one city, we have the studio. It's changed the game a lot for us. We can produce work a lot faster. I like a voice memo can turn into a finalized idea in a day, which mm-hmm. is pretty crazy, um, but. I, I really personally think this album is worth pushing and, and giving as much energy, putting that energy towards it. So to do that, you need to do a lot of music videos. There's a lot of online work that needs to be done. A lot of promotion. A lot of yeah. promotion. I mean, we're doing a lot, a lot of press, which is exciting. Um, yeah. We're doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah. So it's nice that people care and like want to talk to us. I mean, that in itself is like a part of the job, you know, mm. and uh, but we're always writing music, so... You never know. Yeah, you never know we could drop our rap album tomorrow. I was actually talking to somebody through our, our um, the community text line that we do with the band and fans, uh, and I was naming off bands that like kind of changed my outlook on things. And it was obviously all the Seattle '90s stuff, and REM's one of them too. But um, I heard Radiohead and Outkast around the same time, and those both of them, both of those groups just changed everything. It was like. I just never heard uh, that level of expressiveness as I did in Outcast. Like two completely different, distinct characteristics who offered incredible versions of of this type of music and different um, personalities and both beautiful. Like Big Voice has this incredible fast delivery. Andre is just. I don't even know how to explain him, which is beautiful. Um, and, you know, obviously Radiohead is just, they're capable of doing whatever. But those those groups changed my outlook on what you could be as someone who creates music. You can do all of it, you know? Like, AT Aliens to Quemini to um, Love Below Speaker Box. I mean, those are vastly different records, but yeah. all of it is so good. And all of it, you feel like it's, you're hearing that person's truth. Um so working with somebody like that would be a game changer and I know we both all of us love Earth Gang oh my god that's I love like, Earth Gang that's probably our favorite I've had this like last. I like see the merch if we tour with them which would be Earth Love and I've mm-hmm. seen this since 
like when I first heard Earth Gang, I was like, wow, I am so excited to be hearing hip hop and, and get that same feeling that Tribe gives me, like that positivity, but with a totally new sound. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I didn't think this would come around because yeah, like hip hop is super different now from when I was growing up and it's a different, but like the, there's like the sentiment in it, this like with Earth Gang that I just, yeah. I, I love. CeeLo. We love individuals. Yeah. We love people who are like. Yeah, just uniquely. Yeah. Themselves. Uniquely gifted, unique style, unique delivery, all of it, you know, unique perspective. We're really drawn to that. And it doesn't matter. I mean, it could be any genre, but if you're, if you're inherently yourself, Great. And unabashedly so, we're drawn to that. Yeah. Something the fans don't know about us. I feel like we put it all out there. I know. Oh, I know. I have a big one. It's super embarrassing. Should I just share it? I don't have my driver's license. <laughs> You're need Tell the here. story. No, I'm not telling the story. I'm not telling the story. Okay. But I will just. It's a really good story. No, I'm not telling the story because okay. I have a dad and he, we, true, we true, have. True. It just true. brings everything up. But yeah, I don't have my driver's license. So I am. I think we're gonna do like actually a little video about this, about me going to get my permit next week. I also don't have a car, so we're together. We, we actually just... don't know what we're how we're getting home. Yeah. <laughs> we're always <laughs> we're always stranded, and I feel like whenever Dan and I walk outside, it starts raining. So we're like, yeah, we're oh. like, oh no. Anyway, I'm getting my license. No time better than the now. No, no. What you know? What I'll tell Dan's secret. Dan cannot cook. I don't even know if he can boil water. I can boil water. I, I can if... make ramen. I've made it many times. It's like when his wife is out of town, he, I'm, he's literally like, I'll call him. And he's like, dude, I'm so hungry right now. I'm like, it's 7 p.m. And he's like, I've been eating. I literally haven't eaten anything today. And he's like shaking. And I'm like, uh. I'm big on Cheerios. <laughs> Whenever Cassie leaves town, I'm big on Cheerios. It's insane. It's actually uh, crazy. Yeah. You Frozen know, burritos. You never have a desire to learn to cook at all? Even just to boil? I really haven't. I mean, my dad never, whenever my mom left town, it was pizza and like fast food. It was terrible. SpaghettiOs. Yeah, SpaghettiOs. And we just watched Rocky movies, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what that is. I should learn. I really owe it to my wife to learn. So, you know, I will. I'll, I'll uh, do it for her. Like I'm Italian, so, you know, Italian food is the only thing I'm really good at. I've had to learn this past year how to cook other stuff. But yeah. boil water, throw some pasta in there, seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Dump it. it. I'm you, next time you see me, I'm going to be so much bigger because <laughs> it's just pasta. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like a rock salt makes it so good. Yes, sea salt, rock salt. Yeah, exactly. Our daughter can cook pasta. That's yeah. all I can say. Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. The first ever multiple city tour for Sticks and Collective Soul will play Atlanta almost exactly a year since originally scheduled, and so far is the first show to return to Ameris Bank Amphitheater. The bands will play the Alpharetta venue at 7.30 p.m. June 18th in a half-capacity setup, about 6,800 tickets. Face coverings will be encouraged, according to the band's management. Melissa Ruggieri has all the details about the show on the Atlanta Music Scene blog at AJC.com. Carmen... George Bizet's sprawling opera about a transfixing gypsy and the love triangle she cultivates is one of the most performed operas in the world. This familiarity, a dose of comfort amid chaos, should make Carmen the ideal opera for the pandemic. 
but performing the nearly three-hour opera full of lavish sets and a large chorus is untenable during COVID-19 due to safety protocols. For Carmen to work during the coronavirus pandemic, the Atlanta Opera has streamlined it without reducing its impact. The result is a compelling drama presented in an open-air tent in the parking lot of the Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center, the organization's true home. Read the complete review by freelancer John Ross on AJC.com. For decades in Hollywood, Asian Americans were largely absent on TV and film. In 2021, Asian Americans are having a moment in the entertainment world. Nomadland director Chloe Zhao is favored by oddsmakers to win an Oscar. The CW's Kung Fu, a reboot of the David Carradine 1970s show, debuted to strong ratings earlier this month with an Asian American female lead. Ken Jeong is zany comic relief on Fox's hit reality competition show, The Masked Singer. There are not one, but two reality shows focused around rich Asian Americans, Netflix's Bling Empire and HBO Max's House of Ho. And Steven Yeun, whose career essentially began in Atlanta on The Walking Dead, is nominated for Best Male Actor in a feature film for his role as a Korean immigrant starting a farm in the 1980s in Arkansas in the well-received film Minari. Rodney Ho examines this new visibility and talks to some of the people who are making it happen. You'll find that story online and in print in this week's Sunday Living and Arts section. To get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.